0: Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. To see a legend near you, check out the events page on our website, fivetimes.co.uk.
2: Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. A few days after another Saturday night, edge of the Sea entertainment, wasn't it, down there at Crystal Palace? But we got the result, we got the three points and what a performance it was, Will. Today we have one of our greatest ever to run the rule over this current Liverpool team and our chances of keeping it going this weekend against Watford. It's John Barnes who will be joining us. As one Manchester United title winner predicts a dynasty of trophies under Jurgen Klopp, similar to the 70s and 80s, we ask our most decorated player of all time if he gets that feeling too. 41 years, can you believe it, on from his first Liverpool goal. It's Phil Neal we have on the show. Nigel Spackman will be with us as well. He played a big part in the title-winning team of 1987-88. They had the individual brilliance of Barnsley... Peter Beardsley back then, how important is the continued quality and, and the supporting cast of the likes of Marne, Coutinho and Firmino and as we roll forward to another big game this weekend against Watford, could well be top of the Premier League comes Sunday afternoon. That would be nice to enjoy Sunday roast now we're top of the league. We have a man who's got a foot in both camps, Harry Kuehl formerly of course of Liverpool but he's now the under-23s boss down at Watford. Right, let's get started with the Five Times podcast.
0: To hear previous podcasts, checkouts and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening.
2: Okay, we start on the podcast this week with One of our best ever, part of those brilliant Liverpool title-winning sides of 87-88 and 89-90. Time for his take on the current Jurgen Klopp side. Welcome, John Barnes. Barnesy, how are you?
1: Thanks very much, mate. How are you doing, mate? Oh, good. I'm in sunny South Africa. It's nice and 35 degrees. What's the weather like back home?
2: It's clear skies. I wouldn't quite say it was warm. Not warm. There you go. There
1: you go.
2: Right, let's talk Liverpool. Ten games in. Twenty-three points already. Fair to say, we've all enjoyed it. Is it a surprise how well it's gone? Do you think?
1: It is. A, it is a bit of a surprise because I still felt that you know we needed a better squad. But it's the club factor—the fact that you know everyone, the togetherness, the harmony, the spirit, the determination, the belief—that comes from the fans, which then goes onto the pitch. I mean, you know, we could see once once the, the fans aren't behind the manager subconsciously, that goes onto the field. And we talked with Brendan Rodgers. Um, with Jürgen, because up until maybe six, seven games ago, uh, Jürgen's in terms of the the, the points amassed um, wasn't necessarily greater than Brendan's, but the harmony was always better. So, you know, if you get the harmony and you get that spirit and of the togetherness, then the results will come. And I think that, you know, it's a testament to the fans that even when we, and, and as I said that, the results or the, the, the points amassed wasn't necessarily better than what Brendan had done, but the very fact that the fans supporting 100%, means that the players have to buy into what you're saying and you know now you seem reaping the benefits of that
2: What have you enjoyed watching Liverpool this season most?
1: The way they play they attack listen I'm a Barcelona fan and and I love Pep Guardiola we saw Manchester City last night and we saw Barcelona when he managed Barcelona what they can do but I do believe that you know you can be direct you can get the ball forward you can get crosses in um, so I think that the balance Liverpool have that balance because they do keep possession, but rather than just keeping the ball, they look to get the ball forward, look to get the ball, and 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 they take people on. Salah, Mane, even Adam Lallana. So I'm not saying it's old school because they do keep possession and they work very hard. And this whole idea of what they talk about, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, the press or pressing high, that is nothing new to football. Everyone did that when I played. That's the way that's the way you play. Now maybe in the last you know 10 15 years teams drop back and they defend deep and they don't press the ball but that's what liverpool are doing but it's nothing that is revolutionary there's nothing that you know Jurgen Klopp has brought it that wasn't done before because 20 years ago in England everybody pressed high up the field so you know I like I like the energy I like their intensity and I like I like the humility because you know they know yes there are players who would be regarded as better than others, be it Coutinho or whoever whoever's playing well, but you can see that they all buy into the whole team ethic and the whole relationship that they have with each other.
2: Well, we're all enjoying that going forward. Defensively, only one clean sheet so far against Manchester United. New goalkeeper, of course. Centre-half partnership as well, still developing that understanding together. I still think we're giving too many cheap, too cheap goals away. Do you think the lack of clean sheets, is that a concern?
1: Um, if it continues, but I think that the partnership looks good. Um, obviously the goalkeeper coming in has, has made a few mistakes, but I think that Matip and Lombren, I mean, Crystal Palace, you know, they gave a, a, a silly goal away at the, at the start, but I think that, that that partnership can can improve. Um, I don't think that the goalkeeping situation is necessarily resolved because, you know, you may, know, what have you said about Vignonet? Is, is the keeper, the new keeper better than Vignonet necessarily? I don't think so. So that's been a, uh, a somewhere where we can improve. However, um, I, I like the look of the, 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 when I say back four, we still need to resolve the left back problem because I don't think long term James Milner is going to be the left back. As to whether Moreno is is, is is the one because he's good coming forward, but defensively, you know that's a that's a situation we have to look at. But whatever we say, we are joint top, twenty three points. So you know, and, and, and we can improve. So mm-hmm. yeah, everything is looking good.
2: What's been your impression? You mentioned the goalkeeper there. He's had a, a tough training week with John Achterberg, the goalkeeping coach. He's been using rugby pads to really rough him up. Obviously, people, teams are going to be putting crosses in, set pieces, trying to rough him up because he's he's new to the Premier League.
1: Well, we've seen it for a lot of goalkeepers coming in. Look at Manchester City with Bravo coming in. You know, No matter how good you are playing in Spain or Germany as a goalkeeper, the fact that you don't really come under as much pressure as you do in the Premier League takes them getting used to. Um, I mean, he's a big boy, he's agile, he's strong. It's just a question of just getting used to it. So, you know, i, I working with John Acklenburg and the longer it goes on, the better relationship he has with his two centre-backs. I think that we will see an improvement in that. Um, but maybe, it'll, it, you know, it may take, it'll take, um, hopefully, a few weeks rather than a few months but
2: but he will improve we, Well we've clearly seen improvement within the squad with certain players and the way the team are all performing but it's the attitude you know we, we can see the goal to go 1-1 against Palace we can see the goal to go 2-2 but it's that response that I think Jurgen Klopp said very early on in his, in his reign surrender is not allowed and the team certainly embody that now don't they?
1: Well, not they embody the managers. There's a reflection on the manager. All teams are. Managers to a reflection on, on, on Pep Guardiola. You can see they make mistakes at the back, but they continue to do the same things. Mourinho with, with, with Manchester United, Conte with Chelsea, and, and Klopp with Liverpool. And the most important thing is for the players to buy into it. And in many respects, they have to be forced to buy into it because I suppose a lot of managers try and do that. But as we saw with Brendan Rodgers, and keep going back to using as an example, once you lose the, the fate of the fans, and the fans don't buy into it, the players, the players will follow. Now, because, once again, as I said, the fans buy into 100% of what the European Club does, as to whether he plays Daniel Sturridge or brings him on or doesn't play him, um, the fans support him 100%. So, therefore, the players have to go along with what he does. He's in Texas, he wears his harp and his sleeves, and therefore, that's what the players have to do.
2: Can we maintain this this season, do you think? No Europe this season, so the freshness is going to be there, the preparation is going to be there. Can we sustain this intensity, this good form that was shown?
1: Well, it's interesting because I, I didn't think we had necessarily a strong a strong enough squad to maintain that challenge but considering they're now up, and if you can get into January maybe the, the hierarchy may feel you know what why don't we just spend a bit now to improve the squad because this may be a great chance for us to actually win the title we are probably thinking about getting into the top four but looking at the way the game's going now and the teams are going uh-huh. so I still feel we need a bigger squad it kind of reminds me of Brendan Rodgers' side when we finished second in that we had a, probably a 14-man squad and we thought, well, if we get injured or we lose form, then we won't be able to sustain it. But we didn't get injured and we didn't lose form, which is unusual. This team is quite similar, whereby we talk about maybe having a 20-man squad, which I don't think we have. But if we can keep these players fit and and, and in form, um, we've got a great chance.
2: Where do you think we need to add? Because obviously I'm looking at the African Cup of Nations in January, We're going to lose Marne, who's going to be a huge blow. What areas do you think... If we are still in the mix, January might he look at?
1: I don't think there are any particular areas. I think we just need numbers. Numbers of quality players. It's not a question of getting numbers in for the sake of it, but getting quality players in who can maintain and and sustain the, the loss of Amane or, or an injury to Catinho or, you know, from a defensive situation. Maybe the centre backs need a bit of a covering. But I think it's just in terms of just getting as much quality as we can in the squad.
2: One of your former clubs provide the opposition this weekend for Liverpool at Anfield. Watford are in town. What are you expecting from this one?
1: Well, it'll be a tough game. They're physical, they're strong. Um, Watford have been a very interesting team in the last couple of years. because They've changed managers, they've changed players. I think they've only got one English player in the in, 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 the, um, yeah, yeah. in, the, in Troy Deeney. Yeah. And um, that doesn't normally happen when you go down into the, the so-called lesser teams of the Premier League. They have a lot of British players, but Watford don't. But they get their results. You know, they're in the top ten. No one knows how they do it, so they'll provide a stern test. But of course, Liverpool at home, mm. um, and and we. Just, I think that games like this have let Liverpool down in the past. But if you look at you know, apart from the obviously the whole the whole sorry, the Burnley away, we've beaten the teams we should beat. So I expect a victory would be a hard, a hard fought victory. But I, I nevertheless I expect um, three points.
2: Finally, I wanted to get your take. Ask somebody as yourself, one of our greats at Liverpool Football Club, Stephen Gerrard's MLS career could be over this weekend if LA Galaxy don't beat the Colorado Rapids in the second leg of their playoff over there. What do you think will be next for someone like Steven Gerrard?
1: Well, Stephen know who knows? You know, um, does he want to continue playing? Does he want to retire? Does he want to take a rest? Is he interested in getting involved in football? Is there a place from at Liverpool? Who really knows? Steve is the only one who can answer that. But of course, you know, in my opinion, you know, Kenny are the two greatest players that have pulled up Uh So it could be a sad day for football with the loss of Steven Gerard, But he's had a fantastic career.
2: Barnsley, thanks for joining us. Enjoy South Africa.
1: No problem, man. All right, mate, will do. Take Thank care. you.
0: Coming soon to a city near you, the Liverpool legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our website, fivetimes.co.uk.
2: Another member of the 1987-88 title winning side now, Nigel Spackman joins us. Spackers, before we, we get into the individual players who have been doing ever so well for Liverpool this season, just wanted to get your take on Danny Ings' sad news that he suffered another knee injury just as he was getting back to, to full fitness.
3: Well, it's a devastating blow for first of all for Danny. I mean, it's been a nightmare for him since he's come to Liverpool. Really, he's on the fringes of the England squad, and then gets that cruciate ligament injury. I think it was in the first training session under Jurgen Klopp, and then to fight all your way back, start playing in the, uh, you know, the reserve games, uh, getting maybe a little bit of taste of stuff, you, you know, and then suddenly you go and get a devastating knee injury again. It's it's a real shame for that, ad, but also it's a shame for the squad because I think he could have played a really important part in the second half of the season because he gives Liverpool something different up front with his you know, his size and, and holding up play, bringing others into the game. But it's a major blow for him, uh, also for Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I mean, to suffer in knee injuries. It obviously hampered him last season for large periods. He was trying to make an impression. New manager comes in, he can't, he's injured. And, and then this sort of thing happened. I mean, how does that affect you mentally, that sort of timing of an injury
3: well that's the biggest thing for him is obviously you get one injury you battle back to get fit again you start to get your confidence you feel that you're strong and you're not going to get injured again and then suddenly this happens again and he's going to need a lot of obviously rehab uh, on it but he's also going to have to have the mental side of his game uh, and his personality looked at to to make sure he continues to work hard and believe that he can get back and and may be a force at Liverpool in the uh, coming years because really when you had two setbacks in such a short space of time sometimes you just think well, it's all against you and you're never going to make it so he needs a lot of help and I'm, there's some good help at, uh, at Melwood and and around Anfield who can help him and the other lads you know would be trying to get him through it as well.
2: Spackers the the momentum's there the belief's there the confidence is there but are you getting the feeling also that teams are now coming to Anfield and there's that little bit of fear that perhaps in the past maybe 12 months ago 18 months ago they fancied the chances they thought they may get something whereas now because of the the current group of players flying at the moment there's a little bit more fear of oppositions coming to Anfield
3: Well I think because there's a better balance in the team and the belief is there in the team and you know Liverpool are scoring goals Um, Unfortunately, they're conceding a few as well, which they've got to tighten up on. But I think it's, um, you know, going forward, teams are looking well. How do we cope with the movement of the front three? How do we cope with the pace of Mane down the right-hand side or if he wanders inside? And then, you know, in the midfield, the midfield seems to be better balanced now and the two fullbacks can get forward and join in. So the all-round movement and energy and the pressing of the team with the quality of Coutinho as well. I think uh, Liverpool are a real force. The teams are coming going, well, how do we cope with that? What formation do we play? Or do we just play our game? And it'd be interesting at the weekend with Watford because Watford are playing three at the back as well. So it's going to be interesting if they change their shape to try and accommodate the way that Liverpool are playing and the forward movement. Is the
2: squad strong enough, deep enough to, to really sustain this this season? There's obviously a freshness about the lads with no European football this season.
3: Well, I think that's the biggest thing you said there, Males, is that there's no European football. So there's no excuse for fatigue. Um, you, you know, there's the domestic games, obviously, still in the Cup, uh, which is great. And uh, doing well in the league in the top four. The FA Cup are starting, obviously, in January. But at the moment, I think the squad is big enough to cope. But I'd always look in January maybe to bring one maybe two players in, just to freshen it up. And you never know. There might be a couple of players at Anfield who think, well, I'm not getting a game. I want to go out on loan or I want to move or something. So you never know. But at the moment, I say the, the uh, with the exception of maybe getting another left back, um, I just think that the squad is well balanced and, and couldn't push on all fronts.
2: After this game against Watford at the weekend, it's another international break, which, you know, it just feels as though, we're flying and then it just disrupts the whole momentum again, doesn't
3: it? it yeah, it does. But uh, I was worried about that last time when we were flying and an the international break came along, but we handled it well. And uh, hopefully we'll handle it well again. And I just think with the run of games we've got, although there's no easy games, as we all know, in in the uh, Premier League, you know, I think beating the likes of Hull and beating the likes of Crystal Palace, you know, on the back of beating, you know, the likes of Arsenal and, um, you know, drawing with Man United, I just think it gives everybody a real boost. And then on the back of beating Chelsea as well, who were pushing up there as well. I think the confidence is high and you go into that international break, really not wanting it to come, but sometimes it's good to go away, have a break, come back and then kick on again up to
2: uh, Christmas and New Year. Well, before the international break, it is Watford this weekend at Anfield on Sunday afternoon. They're in decent form, only one defeat in seven games. Haven't conceded in the last three games either. You mentioned about the system that they are playing three at the back. Where's their threat? Agarlo's not really been at it this season. Dini, big, strong boy like him. He's very capable. Where do we need to be concerned, do you think?
3: Well, I think Dini is their main focus. He's the... You know, the workhorse of the team, he, he, he puts himself about, he flicks things on, he tries to organise all those who are behind him. As you said, Ingalo hasn't done that well so far this season, but he's a dangerous player on his day with his pace over the top. and. I think our, our back four lads have to be switched on to, you know, Deeney trying to flick it on if they go long and Ingalo's trying to get in behind. But what they've got, they've got um, a well-drilled back line now and they worked very hard in the middle of the park, Watford. And that shows, you know, keeping clean sheets, uh, nicking games 1-0 as they did it, last weekend you know they've gone above Manchester United in the top half of the league and I think most people at the start of the season would have said well they would be one of the teams struggling but they've done exceptionally well and they're a dangerous team because they can defend they work hard and they can nick a goal and hold on to it so that's one thing at the weekend we must get in front and then they've got to open up a little bit and hopefully we'll pick them off for three or
2: four. Spackers leave us with your score prediction then for this one.
3: I'm going to go 3
2: 0 Liverpool. (laughs) So much for that strong defensive unit of Watford, eh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just luring them all into a full sense of security. Brilliant, Spackers. Excellent. Thank you for that.
3: (laughs) Top man, Spackers. Okay, Mel, it's
2: great to speak to you. Brilliant.
0: This is the Five Times Podcast, the voice of the ex Liverpool players.
2: Next to a guy who has every medal in club football numerous times over, 22 major honours for, with Liverpool over 11 years, including two European Cup goals on his way to winning it four times, 50 caps for his country also. Please join me in welcoming the one and only Phil Neal.
4: Thanks, Neil. Um, very, uh, very pleasant morning. Uh, I'm joining you on. So, uh, uh, memory-wise, uh, I... <coughs> No one can ever forget, can they, when they've only been there 11 years and you've got an average of two trophies every year. So uh, that was lovely, really. Amazing. It was was staggering, really.
2: Well, it's 41 years today since your first Liverpool goal. Let's start with that one. What are your memories of that?
4: Well, Neil, you know, as a goal scorer, you remember you're you're probably more than a defender. And uh, it was lovely um, to, to get on the score sheet. I think it was San Sebastian, wasn't it? And so, yeah, all those years ago, um, a fullback wearing the number two and number three um, throughout the early years. And uh, to notch a goal was uh, prevalent of of a certain Chris Lawler, Mm -hmm.
0: uh, who was
4: a fantastic goal scorer too, who wore that pride uh, within that number two shirt for Liverpool for long, long years.
2: I think you were Bob Paisley's first ever signing. Incredible when you see the figures banded about today, but I think you cost something in the region of sixty-six thousand pounds. But what a signing you were!
4: Thanks, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, I served the the, the the club well. Um, I I did my damnedest, uh, even when they put pressure on me and bought Stevie Nicol in nineteen um, eighty-one. So you know i was there for another four years or so so it, it i i you have to have a you know to survive in the game you have to have a, a stubbornness too uh, as well as a little bit of luck that went my way and uh, what a what a career i had well
2: well, what I found incredible was between December 1974 and September 1983, you didn't miss a game, 365 consecutive games. I think I read somewhere that I think you had injuries along the way, but you were out there every game, week in, week out. How did you do that?
4: Neil, um, I was lucky uh, that, that whenever I, I smashed my cheekbone, I was centre forward, uh, smashed my cheekbone, Roger Davis at Derby uh, smashed my uh, jaw uh, and I went in on the Sunday they didn't say anything after the game I went in on the Sunday uh, and by the middle of next week I was walking around uh, Melwood watching the boys train and uh, we we got West Ham on the, on the Saturday that following week uh, and Bob you know allowed me okay. to play um, and he kept it away from the press so they were clever in that respect Neil Mm. you know they didn't tell everybody I got a broken jaw I just went in on the Sunday had it mended uh, and yes we won 3-1 I think it was at West Ham on the
0: Saturday
4: (laughs) I took took a few risks uh, but that was that red shirt kept drawing you in and you know all about that
2: Phil as somebody who won everything at Liverpool a former Manchester United player who too was a a league winner is is very fearful of, of Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp saying that he believes in his Eurosport Column, he wrote that the Premier League and and success dominance isn't too far away for Liverpool. Do you get that feeling too? That we're on the cusp of something special at Liverpool?
4: I do, Neil. Um, I've got to have that belief, and uh, simply getting into the team gave me my belief. But I do believe having met Klopp a couple of times and everything else, uh, the youngsters are responding so well. Uh, And you would know all about that and everything else that uh, Bob Paisley and Joe Fagan after him tried to do. You know, bring the young kids in. Um, And I just think they're moulding into some great achievements at the moment and are very consistent with their results so far. And I can understand why he's saying that.
2: You mentioned consistency there with the results this season. What else has impressed you when watching Liverpool?
4: Well, their energy, uh, their energy levels, he's, he's got them fitter, I'm telling you, all his staff and everything else that he puts it down to, but he's got them fitter, he's got everybody kind of, even forwards, Coutinho and everything else are chasing back harder than they were um, under Brendan, that's no disrespect to Brendan, but you understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. there's a little issue here, uh, but it's, it makes so much difference to achieving results.
2: You've achieved success throughout your career with this current group of players now we 've started ever so well what's needed to maintain it and and to push through to to achieve something
4: well uh, is is to uh, obviously carry on their consistency mm-hmm. uh, and and basically from march onwards have a have a rule of drive I have a drive to actually achieve even better consistency towards the end of the season because there'll be a few teams thinking they're in the pot as well don't forget that
2: The result last weekend against Crystal Palace was an enjoyable performance we, we got there in the end with a 4-2 win down there there was a record down there I want to hear your take on this one two Liverpool centre halves scoring for the first time in a game since 1968 can you believe that?
4: No, I can't, Neil. Uh, <laughs> you 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 get you get access uh, to stats. Uh, I'm not a great believer in it, but you know you rolled mine off, uh, which is quite impressive. So, mm. you know, I'll go along with stats and the modern game. Um, no, that's unbelievable. Since 1968, no, I, I I wouldn't have dreamed that for all all my time at uh, Liverpool.
2: How important is it, though? Do you think that? Goals are being shared around the team. There's no over reliance on on one player.
4: Yeah, Neil, you know how it is. You know, a centre-forward has to get his... That's what he's in the team for. But there's, there's full-backs, there's centre-backs coming up from set-pieces, midfield players hanging in for six to ten goals. Uh, we did the same thing as we pushed forward uh, in all the... Um, all the... Um, things you do uh, in the league in the European Cup in the league cup uh, and and Bob took on the league cup in the end he he tried to ignore it to start with but then he took it on and we won it four years on the belt so you know it's a team it's a team effort and the full squad is needed I think Cops Klopp's got uh, uh, real good balance uh, within that group and uh, I love the way the tenacity that he gives and the energy he gives people
2: When a player was trying to cross the ball and you were a fullback would you defend with your hands behind your back? What did you make of that at the weekend?
4: No uh, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, no it, you, you tried doing it Neil and, and it's like you as centre forward competing with me to, to get on the end of that you would use your arms like flying like a bird. So, uh, you know, that is the thing. You wouldn't put your hands down by it to try and jump. You, you'd jump that much lower, wouldn't you? Mhm. To finish. I, with... I wouldn't anyway.
2: <laughs> well, to finish with, Phil, I wanted to ask you about Anfield. I mean, so much history inside. And rather than move away, we, we had the magnificent new redeveloped main stand. How impressed have you been with that? And how much have you enjoyed the new look?
4: Yeah, it's been flabbergasting, uh, really. Uh, and, and basically, they've looked after us, and we go to games now and sit with the extra players in the director's box and everything else. Uh, but the uh, the uh, the uh, facilities have been mind blowing, really, because they're trebled. They're, they're, everybody's got. You know, there's a pint of pint, there's some corporate areas you can be very expensive to and everything else about that, Neil. So uh, it's just been flabbergasting. It's definitely what we needed um, at Anfield because, you know, I tried to get a few years ago, I tried to get some friends who I'd been there with. Uh, a cup of tea at half time and it was impossible. You know, it just couldn't. You couldn't get there. And I know I obviously work at Wembley as well, and that's that, that's open plan now, and so are we. And uh, it gives a a great view over the Mersey and everything else, um, looking on the city. So uh, it was desperately needed, uh, and well done for the judgment to say go. Uh, when we did
2: and you're glad we stayed at Anfield rather than go to a different site somewhere else
4: of course Neil you you know the pleasure that it gives you whether you're there for two minutes or 10 years it doesn't matter you know it certainly uh, would have gutted me to go away from uh, the actual place where I achieved 22 medals in, in 11 years
2: Phil absolutely brilliant having you on thanks for your time
4: Thanks very much, Neil. Cheers.
0: The Legend Show on the Five Times Podcast. (laughs) Finnett. Harry Cure. Oh, what a goal!
2: Oh, my goodness me, what a goal! Harry, great to have you on. Tell us, you're obviously at Watford now, under 23s. How did you end up there, and how's it going?
5: Yes, uh, I'm in my my second year at Watford. Um, I'm loving it. Um, obviously, it's a completely different side um, different side to it, instead of playing football, obviously the coaching side, um, but no, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's difficult at times, but nothing's easy in football, but like I said, uh, I've got a good um, good group of coaches around with me, so no, I'm uh, really enjoying it.
2: How did you end up there, because obviously a name like Harry Kuehl and the reputation you had, the career that you had, perhaps there could have been a first team opportunity somewhere, but deciding to go in at 23's level? Why?
5: Well, I was doing my... Um, I, I do an academy back home in Australia. And, you know, I wanted to see if I actually enjoyed coaching. Um, so I, I, I went around uh, all of Australia uh, doing little clinics here and there, teaching kids how, to, how my version of football is. Um, and then, you know, I, I enjoyed that. And then I decided to go to go ahead and, and get my badges. So I, I took my... I took my, started off with of UA for B. And I went uh, on and did my first assessment, and I really wanted to see if fire was in my belly. And after my first assessment, I thought, it is, you know, I, I just love the, the command that I, uh, that I had. And, you know, my ideas of football that, you know, people were, were doing on the pitch. So these kind of things really got me going into that coaching kind of uh, area. Uh, I passed my B license, uh, which was uh, excellent. And then Watford came calling. And I thought, you know, it'd be a great, great position to take up. Obviously, it's a premiership club. It was working under, uh, at the time, Kike Sanchez Flores, who was a, an excellent manager. Um, I sat down with him and he made me feel really welcome. You know, he said, this is your team. You know, anything I can do to help. And I just thought, what a great place to start. And Watford itself is a great area. It's got some great, young, talented players. So again, it was a a no brainer for me. Um, Yes, obviously I I still live up north and I do have to travel. But again, you know, it's something that I, I take very, I'm very passionate about. And, you know, so I thank Watford for giving me the chance and, you know, I'm in my second year now.
2: Well, uh, hearing that you're saying that it's your version of football, what is the Harry Kew way? Is it does it can it be different to the first team, first team, or team or do you implement certain ways which Watford first team go about things? Or, or can you really get your own ideas across to that group there at the 23s at Watford?
5: Well, again, this is why I kind of wanted to sit down with uh, the managers, especially at the start with Kike, and you know he has his own way, and you know the good thing about this job is that they've kind of. You know, even though I can watch the first team and I can take some ideas, but they've kind of let me go ahead and and plan my own kind of strategies, which is fantastic. So, you know, I, I make some ideas up and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad, but this is where you learn it. You know, it's, it's a great level and it's 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 about player development. You know, you're judged not on your results. You're judged on if you can push first, uh, well, uh, the young players into the first team. That's where you're judged on. So again, as much as results hurt, me, especially if we don't win, it's not about the results. It's about, you know, getting these young players ready and getting them prepared for the first team. And, you know, that's what I'm what I'm doing. I mean, I'm very strict. Uh, I'm very hardworking. I'm very attacking-minded. But, you know, even with myself, I, I loved working hard. You know, I worked hard every day. And I think to be a a top professional footballer, you've got to have that attitude. Um, So this is what I'm kind of installing in in my boys. And it's tough for them because it's a big wake-up call because I think a lot of youngsters growing up in the game Mm -hmm. now, you know, it's all about, oh, you know, let's be kind, let's be do you know, pass and move this out. And people don't really want to get in and and tough. And we all know football's a, a tough business to get into, you know, on and off the field. So again, it's just my version of it, and just trying to get them young boys prepared.
2: Good job it's not results-based, otherwise you'd be under pressure, wouldn't you?
5: Well, not really. I'm sitting comfortable <laughs> at the moment. i sitting comfortable at the moment. But look, I look, I go out to win every game. Uh, but but you haven't been um, recently. No, I haven't been recently. But again, if we're looking at performances, you know, you got to think the under-23s is a difficult competition because you'll get... You'll get you know you you've only got a select a few I mean I only have ten players at the moment, so I keep getting players you know I have to take from the 18s and then I get one or two from the first team that drop in every now and then, so I get trialists that have to come in, so you have to adjust so it's very tough for these these boys to you know constantly get a connection with each other so it is it is a tough um, uh, tough tough going for
2: uh, them. H- but. I, yeah. I have to interrupt you there. I have to. What's the pathway like at Watford? Because at Liverpool, I'm seeing young players get opportunity. I look at Watford starting eleven, and there's one English lad in there, and that's Troy Deeney. Now he's not a young lad; he's an established player now. Where's the hope? You know, where's the the belief that these young players will get an opportunity, or, yeah. or is it very, very tough for them these days? There.
5: Well, it should be tough. You know, nothing's given. You know, nothing's easy in football, and I think this is what people kind of forget sometimes you know you're not given the 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 chance to you know just stroll up through the ranks of of a club you have to work really hard um granted yes you're at an english club and granted we want to see them in there but these young players have got to take some responsibility and show not only to themselves but to the club that they want to do this you know and if you can show that determination then i'm sure the club will give you the chance i mean at the moment i have Two or three players constantly training with the first team because they're 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 showing in my sessions that they're working hard, and then obviously the first team are looking at that and going, well at least they're giving something back. So again, I don't believe that young kids just automatically just go up. Well, they've got to show like their coach and obviously the club themselves that they're willing to to work hard and 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 push themselves to to that limit of being a professional footballer.
2: Have you got one of Liverpool's four, um, young players, Jerome Sinclair? Is he training with yourself or is he in and around the first team?
5: No, Jerome uh, trains all the time with the first team. Um, you know, I, I do keep an eye on him. Uh, he's looking very sharp at the moment. He did have a little bit of an uh, injury, um, but again, he's looking sharp. He's played a couple of games for me and he's, uh, he's scored a couple of goals. So again, you know, he's he's just waiting his time as well because like you just said, there, we do have an established striker, Troy Deeney. And obviously with Isaac's uh, Isaac uh, success uh, playing really well and starting to get in, but he's copped a bit of an injury, but we've also got a gala. So again, just Sinclair's got to wait and just train hard and wait for his chance. And when his chance comes, I'm sure he'll take it.
2: Big game this weekend, Liverpool v Watford at Anfield Sunday afternoon. What do you reckon? <sighs>
5: it's going to be a tough game for Watford. I'm not going to lie. Um... But Watford are a stubborn bunch, you know, they, they, they work hard in training. Um, the the managers, he's constantly, he's talking them through what he wants. So they're going to go there with a game plan and I, I'm sure Liverpool are going to have a game plan to, to counteract that. So again, it's, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, but again, I think Liverpool are looking very strong this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, well, we look at Watford and we think perhaps a little bit of a surprise package. Seventh above United, Leicester, Southampton. You know, what's the new manager like? What's his new philosophy been?
5: Again, it's obviously Italian style. You know, it's all very uh, tactical. Everyone's always working. He works a lot in that 11 v 11 situation. Um, but again, he's, uh, he's one of these that he, he makes sure that his players understand exactly what he wants. In the game, and then when the players carry that out, usually it's a, it's a success for the team.
2: You would have watched Liverpool last weekend beat Palace, and it was a a very entertaining performance, getting the three points. It's the third best start to a league campaign in Liverpool's history. How do you try and stop this Liverpool side? do You think? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
5: take out their front line. <laughs> yeah. All right. If we can, if they don't play, then you know a lot of teams will have a chance. No, I think. I mean. Like I said, Klopp's got them, you know, on full head of steam. And I mean, for me, I know everyone's talking about Petrinho and all that, but I have to say Lalana for me is my favourite player at the moment. I mean, what he does on and off the ball, his work rate, you know, the way he controls the ball, the way he moves around the ball, I mean, he's a great player to watch. I think he's, for me, I think he's up there with England's best player at the moment as well. Granted, he probably needs to score some more goals. But again, his, his enthusiasm, what he brings to the table, I think that's a big help for, for Liverpool. Um, so again, if we can keep him quiet and obviously keep the um, Coutinho quiet as well, you never know. You never know in football.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Obviously, yeah, Liverpool being a, a tough place to go to at the moment this season, Anfield. Started very well. Just a, a final word from you, Harry. Thanks for joining us. How would you reflect, you think, on, on your time at Liverpool? Well,
5: look... Take my, my football out of it. Um, I love Liverpool. Um, it's one of my favourite places to to go. I mean, I have great friends there. I still visit the majority of the time. Um, obviously, my career didn't go to, to the way that I wanted, you know, due to injury. But again, you know, I'm not the only one that, that goes through bad spells with injuries. You know, it's, it's something that, again, professional players have to deal with, professional athletes have to deal with. You know injuries, and if we all could play without being injured, then what would be the level of football? You know, so you've just got to deal with the deal with the hand that you're given, and make the best of it. And like I said, I I love Liverpool. I got to play in two European Cup finals, which was fantastic. I got an FA Cup medal, Super Cup. So again, my my time there was, yes, hounded by personal with injuries and all that. But again, I loved every moment of it.
2: We wish you well. I hope you can turn that under-23s form round very soon and no doubt be a first-year manager in the coming years.
5: Thank you, Neil. Much (laughs) appreciated. Cheers, pal.
0: (laughs) The final word on the Five Times podcast. That's all for this week's Five Times Podcast. My
2: thanks to the guests, as always, joined by John Barnes, of course, what a great listen to he was, Harry Kuehl, Phil Neal, and and Nigel Spackman. Let's hope that we can be top of the table come Sunday afternoon against Watford. My thanks again to to you for downloading and listening to the podcast this week. Coming up for you next week, we have a special international podcast for you where we talk to ex-Liverpool players who were internationals and, and what it was like for them being away. Speak to you again next week.